Whew, entrepreneurial leadership. I, I feel like that's that's a whole mouthful because right. it tends to mean different things to different people. But to me, I feel like entrepreneurial leadership basically it starts with taking an initiator mm. because let's face it, people, everyone identifies problem, so there's nothing amusing about identifying problems. Yes, there's nothing new under the sun. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> so after you identify a problem, what do you then do about that? Last week we talked about entrepreneurship and this week we're going to be talking about social innovation and education with my guest Rikud Zonyoka. Um, this is the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa. So my guest today, guys, women in power, boss ladies, all right, the CEO of Mtabe. Um, it's gone ahead to win multiple global awards. Wow. Accolades, accolades. <laughs> In barely two to three years since inception and tackling major um, African challenges within education, the industry of education. So um, today we're going to be focusing on the finances and the growth of startups and entrepreneurial organizations, social innovation, and you know the steps that it takes to step back and resolve complex social issues in society putting in mind creating like impact and addition to financial sustainability. So my guest today is going to introduce herself. I'm really excited about this episode and I want to see the gems that she's about to drop. And yeah, let's hear about who you are, what you do, and what entrepreneurial leadership means to you. Uh, okay, so my name is Rukud Zonyoka. I'm from Zimbabwe. And uh, I, I think this is a cliche, but I'm an entrepreneur by accident. I didn't see myself here. <laughs> I've not heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, um, I grew up um, in a small township in the second largest city of Zimbabwe in Bulawayo. Mm-hmm. So that's where I essentially fell in love with education because um, I essentially transitioned from a private school to a government school. I think people who understand the Zimbabwean context know like the stark contrast between public and private. So, you know, when you're within a private setting, you get to get a little bit more comfortable and you're not Mm. really exposed to the realities of like the education sector in Zim. So when I moved to public school, fortunately I was elected uh, into junior parliament. Right. And then... A little later on, I was appointed as the junior minister of higher tissue education, science, and wow, tech. Wow, girl. So Boss lady. <laughs> that's when my whole love for education began. Right. After that, I then went on to work into sexual productive health work because for me, I was still trying to search on like, okay, what are like the root cause problems of why particularly women are not accessing education? Right. So we started going to grassroots level, working with a number of um NGOs like Transparency International and the Girls Legacy. So I was focusing mainly on civic engagement, youth empowerment, and uh, sexual productive health. And then, voila, came to ALU, met my co-founder, and we started Mutabe. How old were you when you started all this junior parliament? (laughs) So junior parliament was elected when I was 17. Uh, Yeah, I was just doing my law six, which is like form five. Right. Yeah, so that's when I was in junior parliament. All right. So tell us what um, entrepreneurial leadership means to you. Whew, entrepreneurial leadership. I, I feel like that's that's a whole mouthful because right. it tends to mean different things to different people. But to me, I feel like entrepreneurial leadership basically, 
it starts with taking an initiative mm. because let's face it people everyone identifies problem so there's nothing amusing about identifying problems yes so, there's nothing new under the sun yes yeah. right <laughs> so after you identify a problem what do you then do about that so you could be anyone it doesn't have to be starting a business but the fact that you've decided to do something about it step out of your comfort zone and take a step forward to do something about that that's an act of leadership so like i think in the basest form that's what entrepreneurial leadership to me means all right all yeah. right so um you are the coo of mtabe and i will not <laughs> downplay it because that's a very big step that you took that was a lot of initiative that was a lot of bravery as yes, well yes and not only cuz you're a woman but also cuz not a lot of people sit down conceptualize see how that thing is going to come to life and actually nurture it into something successful a I lot know. of a lot of times it's just initialization and then after that it's oh, it's nothing yeah well uh we did not get the money after that um so we'll have to shut down and recalibrate and they never actually never they actually never get to recal- recalibrate yeah so um considering that it's Mtabe is something that has to do with social innovation, specifically with education. How did it come about and how does social innovation what makes you so passionate about it? Uh okay, so I can give a bit of background with how Mtabe came about. Right. So my co-founder, he founded he's he's worked in the education space for close to 67 years now. Mm-hmm. And he had another uh, a social innovation uh, called Mylimu. Okay. So basically Mylimu is like a discussion platform where students from across the world just come and get to discuss um you know educational content on the platform. Right. So Mylimu had a chat uh bot inserted in it so that chatbot was essentially for like customer service if you cannot log in or maybe you're having uh, troubles uh, starting a conversation with a friend right but instead what students would do they would ask questions on that chatbot like, like how to oh, do their homework or something how to do their sort. homework <laughs> or please uh, explain plate tectonics right. and then realize wow what students really want are answers right their efficiency of being able to get answers instantly right so my co-founder's name is given So he's very good with computer science. Mm. And uh, we will talk about this business and basically I was the person who would give feedback. Okay. So he's like, "Hey, you realize what students want to answers, right? What if we create a product that would actually help them and give them those answers?" So basically, he was just pitching the idea to me and I was like critiquing it and critiquing it. I was basically playing the devil's advocate and, and that landed me a job. And just kept asking questions and more questions <laughs> yes. and it's like, but how? No. Exactly. And then <laughs> weirdly that landed me the job. Right. <laughs> yes. So that's how we started Mtabe. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, what really motivated me about uh starting Mtabe and being part of this initiative was realizing the importance of education. I know people immediately think of Mandela's quote like you know education is the key to success right right yeah so when i've lived uh, in a very low income settlement and i think i'm one of the f- many people who really appreciate uh the impact of education right um i've seen people's lives being transformed through education so me working in mtabi was helping other people attain education in the most cheapest and most accessible way possible. So to me that meant a lot. Having to see people, you know, change families, having to see people get transformed essentially. That's mm-hmm. what got me ticking. All right. So just take us through like a process 
um, of what Mtabe does. Like, what, how, once I get onto the platform, what happens next? Okay. So Mtabe basically is a platform that provides educational content to students without internet access. Okay. And we use SMS and artificial intelligence. Wow. Yeah, so I know that's crazy. So basically what you need to do is a student basically needs to have a feature film. Right. And then they send a text message to our to our code, and then within two, three seconds, they get the answer. So it's like you text maybe to 9, 10, 11, right. and say, what are the causes of the First World War? And then within two, three seconds, you get an answer of that question you've asked. But I'm looking at information from such a tiny screen, because I know like a lot yeah, of the I know. that don't have internet are very... So what we did right. was we create our own content. So we oh, okay. have a team of teachers that are certified, and our content is uh, has been checked by the Tanzania Institute of Education. Mm. So we've broken it down into chunks, right? particularly because, you know, with SMS, it's about 180 characters. So we've broken it into very digestible chunks right? so that it works on SMS. So that's essentially how it works. All right. Yeah. So you're not in tech, are you? No, I'm not. So what pushed you there? Because I'm hearing artificial intelligence. I'm hearing <laughs> SMS bots here and there. What took you there? Essentially, I didn't see myself in tech, right. but I've always been a curious person. So um, for me, I had to learn. It was right. like a learning process. Um, I tried HTML, didn't work out, but, but at least I'm not conversant in, <laughs> at least in you the language something, of tech. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so after working on Tab, I realized, oh my God, like I'm falling in love with emerging technologies. Right. I even worked on blockchain for like a year with some partners here in Mauritius. Right. So for me, I realized the world is going digital and we're looking at a continent that is vastly growing. And as a social scientist, I will tell you that it's unrealistic for Africa to think that we should go through all the processes that the other continents have gone through. Right. So what are we supposed to do? We basically have to take up this technological wave, you know, and customize it to the continent yeah. and provide solutions that work for our people and get ourselves on the global map. Because no one knows your problems like an African Exactly. Does. Yeah. So that's why Mtabe is so cool. Why? Because at Mtabe, we believe that the ideal... Um, technology is one that people can use have access to right. and can afford right because what's the point of creating like a nice app with the best usability in a in a continent where approximately 30 percent of the people have access to the internet at the end of the day you're not going to the grassroots level and you're not addressing the problem so that's why i feel like technology is really important right. it's just about entrepreneurs learning how to leverage it and using the most available resources yeah. I do have to ask you though, how how have you created a space for young social innovators based on the fact that this is a social innovation project? So how how has Mtabe what what is Mtabe's social impact on this aside from educating the youngsters? So I think our biggest social impact starts with our business model. Right. We're currently running a B two B business model. So we basically partner with companies, which means students don't have to pay anything. Oh, okay. Because looking at the kind of markets in which we operate, right. sometimes it's even difficult for families to get money to put on the table. Yeah. And we realize that as a company, we also need to be sustainable and we need to, to keep running so that we keep on making impact. Right. So we decided, why not partner with people who are interested in education 
we're equally interested in, you know, providing impact in society. So we usually partner with companies, they pay us, and then the students get to uh, get the platform for free. So that's the first uh, port of call, I would say, is where we start with innovation, okay. uh, with social innovation and social impact. Okay. Uh, secondly, our, like basically our team is made up of young people. I think the oldest person in our team could be around 29. <laughs> Uh, can I get a job, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can review your resume after this. Yeah. Definitely. So we work with a lot of young people. Right. Because, you know, unemployment rates are, are high and getting a job in, like, big corporates is very difficult. Yeah. So most of the people we work with, we go to, like, grassroots level. Because some of the people that we work with, Ntabe and Mailimu are, like, like sister companies. And right. Mailimu usually does video content. So sometimes mm-hmm. we go and get uh, people within the local um, setting and then we get to make them make videos right. of teaching content through videos and then we get to pay the youngsters. All right. Yeah. So that is absolutely awesome. And, you know, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced um, being a part of Mtabe? Huh, funding. <laughs> funding. That's yes. all about the money. <laughs> it's all about the money. Right. Um, so I think people who work in the education space would um, education, health, right. those kind of spaces, particularly as an entrepreneur, they are difficult to monetize. Right. Why? Because one, it's a need and you're working within a resource constrained market. So it's very, very difficult for you to get people to pay for those products, given the fact that they're not even paying for the traditional institute. Right, and they barely get anything back. They barely get anything back. That's the problem. And you'd realize that in most societies, when they are dealing with with problems pertaining to education particularly, most families would realize that, would say, okay, our children are our labor force. So we cannot take them to school because you're taking away our labor force. So for you to then ask them to pay on top of that is very, very difficult. Yeah. Secondly, we're dealing with students in a content in a, con- a continent where basically parents don't want students around phones. True. So I can attest to that. <laughs> it's another thing also telling parents to pay you so that they can so that the children can spend more time on the phone. Right. So that's the first uh, biggest problem that we face with funding. That's why we have to go to businesses. Right. And lending business clients is very difficult. Our first client, we lended our first client after one one and a half year of pursuing them. Ooh. And within this year, you'll be incurring costs. You have to pay your employees. You right. have to stay afloat. You have to market. So it's really, really difficult. So I think funding, particularly for startups that work in education and health, right. It's, it's, it's very difficult to find. That's, that's a major challenge. Are there any yeah. other challenges that you've experienced being a part of social innovative space? Government, weirdly. Um, so, I mean, this is Africa. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Not to bash any government. We love government. Right. Um, but I just wish it was easier to work with government. Right. Because the problem with our governments most of the time is, you know, we're young. Yeah. And when you're young, it's really difficult for people to listen to you because they're like, oh, you're so inexperienced. Yeah. What do you know? Okay. And um, most of the times, governments feel threatened. We are from, we're, we're coming from colonial, you know, Times, inher- right. yeah. So governments tend to be really touchy. So it could be better if governments could work with entrepreneurs and be more supportive instead of like putting more 
regulations because, you know, entrepreneurship is the thing right now and right. it's providing solutions. Yeah. It is, yeah. All right. Um, what was I going to ask you once again? Uh, what do you wish you knew during your startup journey? Like the mistakes that you've made and what you wish you could have done better or could have done in the first place that you know now? Uh, the first thing I wish I knew is to be okay with failing. That it's, is, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay to fail. Not a lot of people think about that though. I didn't think about that. Really? Trust me, I, I was stressed half the time. I cried, then I stopped crying. It's, 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 it's totally okay to fail. Why? Because when you fail, you get to learn a lot. That's right. like where all the learning outcomes are. Because if you continue being successful, you even when the success comes, you don't really enjoy it as much. <laughs> also, at some, at some point, Lady Luck just runs out. Yeah, yeah, it runs out. So it's totally okay to fail. Also, when you're a startup, you need, um, you need a financial advisor. I think it's very, very important. Yeah, I think it's very important because um, my, my co-founder and I, we right. both didn't have a financial background. So you need somebody who helps and guides you because this is like a new terrain. Right. You're going to incur costs that you never saw coming. Definitely. Yeah. So you basically need somebody who's going to be there mentoring you on how to best fi- like keep your finances in order. Right. Because startups, you don't have the funds. So you need to be very careful on how you handle them. All right. Um, so you've talked about how funding has been one of the major issues that you've experienced as being yes. a social innovator. So how do you how do you keep Mtabe sustainable? Ah, uh, yeah, keep Mtabe. That, that that's like really difficult. Right. It's all about going out there, raising more funds. I think you've seen we go and pitch a lot right. because right now we are planning to scale. Right. We want to scale our content library to to like add science subjects to make our content library a bit more holistic. Right. So it's all about putting yourself in spaces where you can get to meet the right people. Uh, it's also about trying to get as many connections as possible. Building that network. Yeah, building and, that network. Mm-hmm. And it could be with anyone. And honestly, I actually think entrepreneurs should start working more with government. I know it's difficult. Yeah. But the moment you're working with government, it makes your job easy. Also, it's all about you know getting clients and marketing. You have to knock on 10 doors, at least one will open. <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. That's a very important point. So um, I think we're going to be wrapping up. Um, any last words that you may have, any advice that you may have for a social innovator? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, particularly the the female innovators. Right. Uh, so you don't have to know anything. Just step out and be in your comfort zone. There's something really weird about the human nature. Right. We always feel like we cannot do something. But the moment you are in that situation, you'll be shocked at the kind of things that you do. I remember a quote by Ellen Johnson Salif. She's like, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Exactly. It goes on to show you how the human mind is limitless. Yeah. It's you can all, adapt to anything. You can adapt to anything. Right. It's just about taking that step forward and getting into that situation and trust me, you'll come out. 
Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rukud Zonyoka, the COO of Tabe. <laughs> um, you're limitless, as she's just said. Uh, this has been the AOE podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, and we've been talking about social innovation and education. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank today. you very much for having uh, we me. We hope to see you sometime soon. Definitely. Maybe we can talk about other topics, maybe women in tech, women in business. We'll see. Anytime. <laughs> anyway, uh, tune in for next week's show. We have exciting topics coming up next. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.